Yes, yes, yes. Hey guys, Gerald Peters. Welcome to the Money Flow. So, I'm headed to the dump. And I've been working on the webs, you know. You know, I have this newsletter called the Peters Report. And I'm trying to use this to support a couple books that I wrote. And I'm, I don't consider myself some amazing writer. It's not so much the content as the direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I riff on debt in there. I understand there's people that can manage debt. You make plenty of money. If you have a car payment, it doesn't matter. Okay? Guy makes 200 grand a year, wants to have a car payment. Who cares? But when you make 22000 a year, if you have a car payment, you'll never build wealth. And so we have to keep that in, in mind and balanced when you give out information. If your goal is to build wealth, it's really simple. There's business, owning a business, investing in business, right? Uh, 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 or, or real estate or job. But if you have a job, right, they're going to stop paying you. Hello. Like if you have a job, they can not decide not to pay you or not. The beautiful thing about acquiring assets is once you get an asset, let's say you bought a duplex, just keep, let's go duplex. And the duplex is uh, 250,000, I'm just making a number up. And so you put $50,000 down. That's the problem with duplex, you need a bigger chunk. But even a, a house, I always use the 100,000. Des Moines, you can buy a house for 100,000. LA, you can't. The numbers are gonna change where you're at. What you don't wanna say is, well, you we can't do that here, I can't do that. That doesn't apply to me. There are only three ways to build wealth, dummy. You own a business. You're the owner. That applies to you or it doesn't. If you don't own a business right now, what else should you be doing? Investing in other people's businesses. That's what stocks do. Not angel investing, not crypto. Not. I'm not saying you don't play with something like that, but that's not. don't call it investing. That's not what you're doing. Investing implies a return. You have an expect, expected return. So I've been investing money into AT&T this week. AT&T is $28.60. Well, it's worth about $38. Why? Through basic financial accounting math. Like there's people who go to college to study finance and those people will research companies and based on the books and the sales and the earnings and the dividend and all that stuff, all that boring shit, they will give you a number. Like Morningstar does this. There's a company called TipRanks that I use. And I go out and I look and I see what these really smart guys think. Now, if I find that I disagree with them, then I discard their information. I go with mine. I'm the ultimate person in responsibility. Pillar number 10 and the 10 pillars to, of, of, of success, pillar number 10 is taking full responsibility. So I don't get to say, well, the analyst got it wrong. Well, I listen to the analysts, okay? So the analysts work for me. That's how I see it. They're tools in my cauldron, right? And so I have a six-point checklist of, a, of acquiring assets that produce cash flow. AT&T pays a dividend. It's like 7%. 3M, Pepsi, McDonald's, the mortgage REIT companies. There's oil tankers. There's all kinds of shit that pays money. And some of that stuff is undervalued. And if you follow what I call the money flow, like every day you look, where's the price of oil? Where are bonds? Where are interest rates? Uh, uh, where's the S&P 500? Mm, where's Apple? Mm, okay, where's Google? Where's Tesla? And I just start going down the list of the top 100 companies in America. What am I doing? I'm following the money flow. 
all of a sudden, all bank stocks get hit. Here's the thing about it. The market moves too far, too low, and it moves too far, too high. It's called fear and greed. Fear and greed moves the stock market. And in between of fear and greed, you know what you got? True value, fair value. What I call fair value inside of my book, The Money Flow. <clears throat> the idea of fair value. This is what a company's worth. Go look at ESTC. Go look at Beyond Meat. Go look at Facebook. The company last month was Facebook was worth about general consensus $228 a share. It's now $230 something. What does that mean? Look, look at the RSI from extreme low to extreme high. What does that mean? As a swing trader, the trade is over. You take your money, take your winnings. You want some free Facebook? Take all the money you put in, leave the profit. Now you're playing with house chips, right? The mark, if it keeps going, you make money. If it comes down, you got a bunch of money to buy more with, right? Does that make sense to you? So if you sat down to play blackjack and you won, and all of a sudden you go from $100 to $200, you could take your $100, put it back in your pocket, and deal me a hand. See, every day the market posts a number. There's a high, there's a low, there's a close, there's an open, right? Four parts to a bar. A bar is how we measure price data. Bar. This is the high of the day, this is the low of the day. And in the middle, we have an open, it'll be a tick, and we have a close, and it'll be a tick. And that is a bar. And a bar goes on a chart, and it maps a day. And as days become weeks, guess what? You can see highs and lows. You could take a line and you could draw lines and you could connect highs, you could connect lows, and you could begin to notice patterns. And you could say, wow, every time price comes to here, it goes back up. Now, I don't know how far it goes up. It goes up this time, it goes up $2, comes back down, hits that price again, then it runs up $5 and, and then it comes down, right? And then as you begin to draw, all of a sudden you say, wow, I can draw a line across several of these tops too. And you begin to see what I refer to and what others refer to. Now, I didn't invent anything. This is not proprietary information. What you begin to see is structure. Market makes structure. And so I began to follow the markets every day. Oil, gold. Where's the price of gold? Why don't you know? Why are you so dumb? Like, why don't you know? Because you don't care. Or do you? Did you know you can make money in gold when gold goes up? You can like double your money in gold stocks in short periods of time when gold wakes up. But how do you know when it's waking up? How do you know when gold's high or when gold's low? How do you know if oil's high or low? How do you know on a commodity what people are going to want to pay for it? How do you know? What do you use to tell you, oh, this is too high, this is too low? What are you looking at, the news? <laughs> is that your big plan? You're looking at the news, smart guy? Are you doing that? Are you looking at balance sheet? Are you looking at how much is mine versus demand? Are you looking at supply and demand? Because the economists are so rich. Boy, you want to meet some rich billionaires with airplanes, it's, it's college and high school economists. It's not. I'm being facetious there, but I don't, for years that confounded me. How the fuck is a guy that sits around, how could you have a PhD in economics 
and I make money in the stock market and you're not fucking rich. How is that possible? There's no daily action. It's not that he doesn't know what to do. Economists understand compound interest. How could you be a 60-year-old economist and you're not sitting on $10 million? Like you understand the intimate workings of the economy, of the stocks. Like you understand interest rates. You understand supply and demand curves. You understand uh, new businesses and technology. You have the ability to learn and you can read and you have, a, you have a degree. How could you not be rich? And then how do we see dipshits like you see on social media? Some of them really are. And they're loaded. There's a book called The Science of Getting Rich. And this book is uh, what makes this book cool. Um, I may have to turn this off. I'm at the city dump, man. I love trading. And, and four or five years ago, I wrote a book called The Money Flow. It was really just my trading plan. And I'm not that great a writer. And I've been rewriting it. And I've been slowly just building an infrastructure for... I'm trying to create this thing like a society of people that... Uh, like we trade the same things. And what this does is, is this kind of holds us accountable to... kind of holds us accountable to a system and a strategy. It holds me accountable too. Just teaching it to you, having seen it work. Listen, with the way I trade, when you find a company like Tesla, it cannot go up without you. I mean, from here on out, you can catch every breakout, every run. If you believe it's going to 2,000, right? You don't have to ride down a 500-point drop to prove that you're a long-term holder, or maybe you do, but then guess what? Let's when's the perfect time to buy? What if I can show you a way that even if it's not the bottom, it's every bottom? I, I had a guy riffing me, he said, well, you can't catch the bottom. And I said, I know, but I can catch the third, the day three after. And he's like, well, how's that possible? And I said, well, here's what I do. I line up, a, I, there's things called indicators and they go on charts and there's price points and there's price movement. And I began to follow these every day and devote 30 minutes, an hour of my day every day to following the money flow, looking at stocks, looking at charts, listening. And I began to take money, like real fucking money, 5,000, 10,000, until I had a half a million dollars in the stock market. So when I come in and buy Facebook, I buy a thousand shares, or not thousand, shit, I wish, right? I buy, I buy a hundred shares at $1,400, and it goes to what, 230 How much money is that? It's like six grand, dude. What could I do? I could take all my money back. Now I got, I got free $6,000 in Facebook stock, and I just hold that. If you, what if you think it's going to $500? let us just hold those. What do, we bank these. These stay in the portfolio. Like, I'm going to hold these forever. But guess what I can do when Facebook goes into another decline and lines up again and goes way undervalued and does that? Guess what? Instead of holding those little shares, I back the truck up again. I buy another $14,000 worth. And guess what? It runs up, right? It runs up. And what do I do? Take all my money out. I'm back to the free shares again. <laughs> And that share count, that core begins to grow over time as I compound moving in and moving out. Um, you see why the uh, portfolio selection is what's super important then, you know? And, and we don't know which sector. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to work. Like, I don't know the next hand. Like, I know how to play poker. 
I know a good strategy, you know? If you give me the right cards, I'm gonna win. Why? Because I know how to play it. I know how to play the game. Like if you don't even know how to play blackjack, if you get a 19 and you hit it, and you hit a 19, you think you're gonna win very often playing blackjack? No, you're gonna lose your ass, right? So if we know that, what does that mean? What is that rule? What, it, what just happened right there? You just created structure and order. You just made a rule for yourself. Think about that. That's, if that was a trading system, you just kind of made a rule for yourself. Well, when price a 19, well, what would that be? That'd be like a 70 RSI. What does that mean? That's like getting an 18 at the blackjack table. Why? Because whenever price turns, it's always at like an extreme RSI. Almost always. What does it mean? It means you've gone past the point of average. You've now moved into the range of, of cuckoo land, way too high, too fast. And we know that that puts it in our, uh, in our favor. And I began to find other things, other indicators, and price, and structure, and the assets that I was trading. And I began to construct and build a portfolio of undervalued assets that would appreciate in value, I would take my money. But if I really liked it, I like gold, I would leave my winnings in the fund and just hold it. If it goes up, great. It will pull back. And maybe when it pulls back, it's even higher. And you say, well, that didn't make sense. Dude, I also bought a Uber. And what if I would have bought Uber with the money that I just made on gold? And now Uber goes up 48% before I ring the register. Take profits based on what? Profit targets. And we're just rolling and churning money. The goal, we're trying to get 50% returns, pull our money out. 100% returns, pull our money out. Leaving some if they're good companies. If they're not good companies, we don't leave any money on the table. We take it and get it and go. And you need to have 5, 10, 15 of these open. And these 5, 10, 15 should be in different sectors. Now, if you have a little more money, maybe, you, you know, I'm often, I'll have the top three or four plays in a particular sector. Like I'll have Starbucks, McDonald's, and Denny's. Or I'll have Pepsi, Coke, and whatever. Or maybe I'll just do one because one is stronger on the chart. Or maybe one has been running up, like Verizon was a while back, and AT&T was... Uh, this was outside, sorry. Drew a blank there. Sorry, I'm at the dump. They're like, what is this guy talking about? And so I build a, a portfolio. Where it gets gray with people is you have to decide at the time of the trade, am I willing? What am I going to do if I'm wrong? You could simply be stopped out, but you don't have to. I used to do, here's something that I used to do a lot. I would place a hard stop on half of my position. Why? Because sometimes you have whipsaws, you get a fake break to the downside that then immediately recovers. And often what happens when it immediately recovers, you won't get the money back in. So what I found is by having half in, I got the money back in. I was in, right? Made it easier to add to it. I'm seeing it on my chart. Hold on, let me sign this. You working hard? It's almost quitting time, huh? Thank you, ma'am. So, nice lady. 
I'm kind of a celebrity here because of my son. A lot of people in town know my son, you know, gay kid, wears makeup, got all these followers, met a bunch of rock stars. He's a local celebrity. And then I used to do extreme running, and so I would be seen running all over town. I have long hair. Like, I never see this guy at work. Nope, I work from home. Um, I haven't had a job in 21 years, man. I've spent this whole time just studying, trading, dividend stocks, real estate. And, and I had a guy once say, well, I don't understand. Why don't you have a lot more? And I was like, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I played the hands that were dealt to me. You know, I never had a job that made over $12 and 50 cents. Um, I started making money. You know what I mean? If you're pay your taxes and you're honest, I mean, you know, if you're making 70 grand a year, it's not a lot of money to invest. You know that I know that. Right. And so you got to save it. And so I have, I have this time delay. I started at 30. I got real serious by 32. I had no debt and I had some basic investing going by 33. I've bought two rental properties by 34. I have five rental properties by 35. I have seven rental properties. Two of the first one within the next year, I pay off four of them rather than buying a property. I was trying to buy one property a year. And every so often, instead of buying a property that year, I would just bang the cash, bang it, bang it, bang it, bang it. And when I got to enough, I just paid off a mortgage. And then I said, okay, cool, that's done. Let's go back to saving for a rental property. And I just set up an account and you transfer money to the account and it only comes out with a check. Like I make it hard on purpose. Uh, it only comes out with the check, you know, that's the rule. And that's my trading account. Money goes in. It, uh, it only comes out on a check. And the idea there is, you know, um, trying, trying to build wealth. And so we have to put barriers between us and our money. But not to lose track where I was, we're talking about the different sectors. So you want to have, if you're swing trading, you don't want three or four stocks, dude. The goal isn't for you to start making a lot of money right away. The goal is process. Like you need to figure out what you're doing. You need to learn. You need to be able to look at the chart and draw the boxes. Where's the 20 day? Where's prices? Is it breaking up? What stage is it in? Because we trade a stage one. We take profits on a stage three. We want to be down to the smallest of positions, cut in half, or at least knowing, understanding that we're going into a stage four decline and that price will continue. What we assume is whatever price is doing, it's going to continue to do it. That's the general assumption. I don't make a prediction about direction of price. I don't know. You can know how to play blackjack. You can know how to play poker and play great, but you only can play the card they're going to hand you and you don't know what that card is. I don't know what tomorrow's going to do, but I know if the five days above the 10 day and the 10 days above the 20 and prices above those and it's moving up, I just assume it's an uptrend and I ride it and I set targets. In my book, I teach this idea that price has memory. And those memory zones are what create the support and resistance when we were talking in the beginning where you draw your lines. And, and it just became about portfolio management, putting more money behind the best ideas, taking money away from the uh, ideas that become... It's not that... Like Facebook at 230 is not that it's unattractive to me. It's just... it doesn't. I don't like it like I did at 140. Why? Because at 140, it was undervalued by 40%. It's not undervalued by 40% now. Does that make sense? So it's not as valuable to me. It's not as valuable to me. AT&T under $30 is worth more to me than over $30. Why? Because I believe the company's worth at least $38. So I'm going to try to get paid $8 a share. 
I'm gonna get paid 50 cents a share to hold it and wait. So if I ever hit it, it let's say two years from now, I'm gonna get $8 a share. So I had, a, I had 100 shares, they're gonna give me $800. And all this time I've been collecting a dividend to play that game. And then I can move in and out with large positions based on where it was inside of the four stages of price movement that I talk about in the book, right? So when it starts to descend, I could take some money off. Why? Because over here, this one's going up. This sector's on fire. This one's doing great. Let's move some money, you know? Or let's at least downsize our risk. Let's at least downsize the risk. You know? or, or, or here's an option. You could guard the portfolio. One way some people do this is, um, this is what I like to do. I like to take a hedge position against the index. So the SPY, the wind, if you look at my newsletter, thepetersreport.com, the newsletter, I track the SPY every day. I go live on Instagram with the SPY. Why are we looking at the SPY? The SPY's the wind, man. It's not the judge and jury. There's always a bull market somewhere. Jim Cramer used to say that. It's not the judge and jury, but it's the wind. It's the direction. If it's going up, if it's above the 20-day moving average, stocks are going to have an easy time going up. And so your breakout should be bought. They should be, you know, you should be following them and buying them. And, and stocks that are in a strong uptrend, if they pull back to the 20 and hold it, take a shot, dude. Put a tight stop, put more money on. And if it moves up, you know, feel free to take the stop down. I'll do that all the time. Like, I'm just going to do it for today. I'm a, fuck it. I'm going to buy 400 more shares. It's in a great uptrend. There's still plenty of room on the RSI right out of the book, right? It hasn't hit the first target. It ran up nice. It pulled back. It's holding the 20. Let's, let's put some money in. But what is that? You have to focus on that. Like, you have to watch it. How many stocks can you watch? I'm not talking about like a day trader, dude. A couple times a day, you look at the charts, man. Two, three times a day. Now, I do it a lot, but there's also charts I don't look at for days. I don't need to. Like, I know where AT&T is right now. It's just barely above the 20, right? So if it's down 15 cents, I don't need to go look at the chart. I know where it's at, but, but I, I do this every day. Like, I'm following these things every day. I don't need to go look and see where the TLT, the bonds are. If I, if I saw, I'm, I'm a tape reader, meaning I'm reading that shit you see go across the bottom while I'm working. I have my TV on mute. I'm just looking at it. Dow's down 30. I don't need to see the chart. I know the fucking chart. I've been looking at it every day for 21 years. I see the chart. I know where the Dow is. It's pushing right up against resistance. We're kind of in the middle now. We have some hedges on. We're back in the box, right? Back above the 20. Rally on. That ain't complicated. You know, that ain't, uh, that's how I trade that. Every, every time I'm dealt that hand... What I did is what I did. I lost a little money on some hedges, but I smashed it on some other stocks. How are you? Hey, man. We're at the bank now, so hold up. Again, this conversation's in my truck, Gerald Peters. Go look at the petersreport.com. No, th dude, don't ever think like, oh, I'm bragging. I'm not. This That shit is free. I post my trades every day for free. That's for me. That's for me. You get to voyeur in, man. And then I started, I started like a little, you know, people started saying, hey, can I see this? And I said, yeah. You know, and then I, I started selling my book and people bought the book and then I began to help them. And soon I had hundreds and hundreds of people I had taught to trade for my book, The Money Flow, who had never done a strategy like that. I, I just assumed everyone knew. 
Why? Because I'd spent the last 21 days every day watching TV, looking at barons, reading books on trading, going through courses, watching it on YouTube when it first came out, uh, going to seminars. Like I've been doing this my whole life. And I realized about 13 years ago, the power of support and resistance combined with the 20-day moving average with RSI and that what, what was the real edge wasn't those things. It was the four stages of price movement. Like I read a book by Stan Weinstein and it broke it down. And, I, and then I read a book by this uh, legendary day trader named Brian Shanahan and technical analysis in multiple time frames. And I began to combine these two concepts and I began to look at like charts of dividend stocks. It's like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm looking at like Pepsi, McDonald's. We're about to get stormed on, dude. I'm dropping bombs on trading with you guys and we're about to get stormed on. See how much I love this? How much I love the people that look at my newsletter. My friends. A lot of people text me, man, that follow the newsletter. You know what? You know, the only thing that aggravates me is when people go, hey, what do you think of this ticker? What do you think of this ticker? And I say, what's your fair value? And they go, oh, I don't know. It's like, dude, you didn't even do any homework. Come on, man. Like, why are you stealing my time? Like you get a great trader to listen to you, to respond to you, and you're too fucking lazy to have even done any homework. Like that's what that is, dude. Like this is the level that I'm wanting to hold you accountable to. This is what we're talking about in the Money Flow Trading Society. You know, I mean, some of the emails are, most of this shit's free, dude. The email list, you know. I mean, the, the, the real-time trading stuff's not free. I charge a little. But even that's peanuts, dude. That's a funny thing. I got a chick who's 17 years old, works at McDonald's, trades with me. Just trades right along. You know? She bought like $200 of Delta. This one is, uh... Hold on. This one is actually $85.50 when the check's sold up. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even add. Look at that. You know? in Roku for a share, in Facebook for like 10 shares. How cool is that? Then guess what? She's scaled back and gets to keep three of those. They're free. That's literal wealth that just got built. Think about that. It's a 17-year-old girl at McDonald's. She, she, she trades the Facebook trade where I made six grand on her end. I forget how much it was. You too. But what was funny is what came out of it, she told me. She got three shares free. So she scaled back all the way to just her profits because she feels like it's coming down, which it does. It's a stage three for sure. But guess what? What if it keeps going? It doesn't matter. You got your money back. Mission accomplished. She takes her money from the house, from the universe, money that was given from space. It came from someone else's account. She now has that money and leaves it in Facebook, leaves the profits in the stock and takes that money and is looking at you know some of the other plays. She doesn't have money to do 42 like I'm doing. I'm doing half a million dollars. Dude, I'll do a half a million and I'll, my trade size will be $2,000. So don't get it twisted. Sometimes people think you have to do these massive, massive. It's like, no, man, no. You know, it doesn't have to be massive. Just be reasonable. You know, some of them I look at, I'm like, wow, this is a really speculative uh, 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 biotech. It's a buck fifty. Morningstar says it's worth three dollars. It's hitting the money flow strategy. It's going sideways in a stage one. 
I buy a little, buy 100 shares. What is that, buck 60? If it's like a $3 stock, I do maybe another 100 shares. It keeps holding that box. I put a, you know, I got a soft stop. Hey, if it breaks this, I'm gonna get out or I'm gonna sell half my shares until it starts functioning again. You can sell half until it comes back into what it's supposed to be doing. And then it comes back into the box, buy, buy some more. It breaks out. There's no cost to do this. It's just your money moving in and out. And I move my money in. I take, now I got 400 shares. It begins to move up. We let it go. It runs up, bang, hits a target. I sell out 25%. It runs up more, hits the RSI. I sell another 25%. I'm down to 50%. Now I let it go. I hit a stage four decline. I take 25% off. I'm down to a core position if I want to write it down or I get completely out. Maybe I don't want to hold anymore. I just got in, got the money and got out. What are we doing now? Looking for the next one. That's it being a trader. You know, there's nothing wrong with holding money back either. That's being a trader, rolling money, compounding money. But you've got to do it in shit that you can somehow get your mind around that it actually has a value. So you have to have a way of determining value. You don't have to be an expert at reading manuals and stuff, but you could pay for services. I use Morningstar. I go to Yahoo Finance. I dig around. I read some articles. Like I try to understand what the fuck is going on with the company. What do they do? How do they make their money? I don't need to understand the science behind the pill right? To understand Pfizer. How much money did they make? What's their free cash flow? What do these eight smart people think? Yep. Very valuable. It's undervalued now. Okay, cool. Put the trading system over it. Set the targets below. We want to buy the cheap house, fix it up and sell it. We're going to flip it. And that's what you do in stocks. That's the money flow. Hey, God bless.